Greetings, everyone. Hey, how you doing? It's Matt Sella, and today we are doing Season 3, Episode 3 of the new DuckTales episode titled... Shut up, Matt. I want to be the one to say this episode style because it's a really funny title. Oh. Double O Duck in You Only Crash Twice. So we already got the sequel. Damn, son. I'm looking forward to that. Anywho, folks, as you can probably tell, I am joined here via satellite radio with my good friend, Mark. How you doing out there, Mark? Matt, I'm so happy that we had something fun. I, I missed fun. Not saying last week's episodes weren't fun, but like just with the way things are, I'm happy we have fun. Welcome to fun, everyone. Remember that? It's back. That's right. We're going to talk about some new DuckTales and a little bit of a tease into Rescue Rangers. How about that? Ah, this is, we're living in the best DuckTales timeline, at least. At the very least so, I do agree. So Mark, won't you tell the fine folks what was this really long title of an episode about? Well, Matt, the premise is actually fairly simple, but actually not too much. A spy video game turns dangerously real as Launchpad and Dewey must stop foul Agent Steelbeak's plan to destroy Duckburg and prove he's not stupid. Yep. No, I agree with that. That's generally the synopsis for this episode. No, yeah, it is. And um, we're back at the fun uh, place. And um, is this the first time we've seen the exterior of the fun place? I feel like it's not, but is it? No, I believe we've seen the exterior before. Like, I remember in one of the first few episodes in the beginning, Ma Beagle, there was an episode centered around that. Is that what you're asking? No, yeah, it's just, uh, I just, I've never realized the really creepy kind of carnival-sized mouth of the character over the door before. Because, like, it has, like, veins in its eyeballs, and it just actually looks really Five Nights at Freddy's a little bit or something just really creepy to me. And I was just like, oh, God. (laughs) Maybe that was a nod. But, yeah, we did see the exterior before, but I don't know if that detail was there. Okay. Well, I I liked it. It was creepy. So, Mark, why don't you let the folks know, what were some of your takeaways from this episode? Well, Matt, there's a lot to take away. First, we got a little bit more Darkwing Duck universe sneaking in with Steelbeak's appearance in the series. Not quite how I remember him from the original series, but also really fun. I loved his redesign and just his style. And even his uh, vocal performance, I thought, really was really solid for this new interpretation of the character. And, you know, I'm trying not to bury the lead, so I won't. But um, it was just, it was really cool because Double O Duck is a callback to an episode title of the original DuckTales way back in the day. But actually, Matt, you would like this. Double O Duck was actually the original uh, kind of pitch title and uh, concept for Darkwing Duck, the series. I could see that. No, yeah. So it's kind of doubling down and how fitting it has a Darkwing Duck villain in it, like, when you think of it that way, it just really shows how much these writers and the people spearheading the show are just like doing their research. It's not just fan service. And that's when the show is at its best, in my opinion. I certainly agree with that. Like, I don't have as much of the pool of knowledge and nostalgia as you do. I remember, I love Darkwing Duck. That was my favorite of the Disney Saturday morning cartoons, or I guess the Disney afternoon verse. I don't know what fans call it these days. But it's really cool to see a lot of this kind of come back into the new modern age. And I really liked Steelbeak in this. I was a little apprehensive at first, especially making him so, quote unquote, stupid. But I like the fact that he clashed so well with Red Herring and kind of took the reins as somewhat of like a, a counter version of Launchpad, who is notably supposed to be the dumb one of the Quack Pack, but was still kind of a capable and dangerous villain. And I just really loved his design. Like, I know it's technically a redesign, but I feel like it carries a lot from the Darkwing Duck age back in the 90s. And I don't know, it, it, it just, he was really cool to look at. He had like that menacing embodiment to him, but he was also kind of cartoony and 
wacky to look at. It's a little hard to put into words of just how much I enjoyed his presence. No, yeah, I'd actually very much echo a lot of that. Um, f- funny you mentioned Black Heron. This is her kind. It's not her first technically because she does reappear in the foul reveal scene. But like, quick correction: was it Black Herring or Red Herring? Black Heron. Oh, okay. Um, did I say Herring? I apologize. Black Heron, because you know she's a bird. Heron. Oh, gotcha. It, maybe it's because there are some similarities in her design in terms of like her hair and even some of like the way she presents herself. But like April Winchell, who voices the character did an amazing job actually it really made me really fall in love with this character and it i I mentioned this off air it's not that i dislike this version of magicka dispel that we have i'm a big magicka dispel fan hello my name is mark i'm magicka dispel fan hi mark (laughs) anyway um but like i do kind of miss some of her traits and the way she was done by june foray and i'm hey my name is mark i'm a june foray fan by hi mark okay (laughs) glad we had this all out of the way but um april winchell just did such a great job with black hair and, and i really fell in love with the character that was kind of for all intents and purposes originally kind of billed as a bit of a one-off for the gummy bears reference episode and i don't know it was just really fun she was a great villain on screen her interactions you know even with uh bradford buzzard at the end were great she had refers to him as his first name so i think that kind of implies you know bradford's been around for a while at least especially like there's you know i don't know just interconnected stuff and i just loved it and we're, we're really dancing around the main cameo in this episode but this episode even without that was just so enjoyable and uh, i think matt you would want to talk about this so i'll bring it up as a segue barring maybe some moments where cg was uh, intertwined another very solid piece of animation in this episode would you say so yeah because i was going to say one of the bigger positives for me on this episode in particular is actually really how well animated all the characters were throughout the episode like i really this adds on to steel beak of how charming he was in a kind of a wacky villain way it's just some of the poses he did the arc movements and all that i thought it was very fluid for a tv show and that ties into all the other characters i thought they were really well animated and had a like a lot of life to them without being too over the top animated because that was like one of the common criticisms i had in past seasons where we were introduced to like a really well animated emotional scene but then I feel like the animator who was responsible for that got another scene later on and just felt a little too much for that particular shot. Whereas this, that energy is there, but it's more evenly distributed throughout the entire episode. So really good animation there. I will say not perfect in all parts. There were a couple parts where they were trying to integrate the 2D animation into the 3D. For example, the boats. And there was one scene where we saw Launchpad or Smart Launchpad seen on the monitor steel beak getting away with dewey and the way the characters were kind of put in that boat to like see it back up and then go off it was a little choppy it wasn't perfect and those were kind of where the more hiccups were noticed but even then i i forgive that for a television show and the action and all that was just really well done well choreographed no yes the fight scenes were a real standout and it was actually just really fun especially since it was kind of doubling back even with the double o duck title reference itself bit of a james bond-esque parody like it was just fun to see you know really well animated fights but also just fights that you know no pun intended really packed a punch like there was weight to it this there was action in this episode and it was uh, wonderful it was i mean we even made a comment as you were watching i was like you said wow this is a little more violent than you expected and i was like i'm okay with that i just watched all the mcu films these are cool no yeah it was a character that wasn't even really a character it was a video game character in the vr 
headset thing that they were doing. But um, we both got a real uh, chuckle out of the Odd Job parody, Odd Duck. Yeah. And uh, even though he clearly, you know, is a goose based on, you know, the way Disney designs things. And, you know, he literally kind of looks like a bulkier version of Baron Von Shellgoose from the Three Caballeros TV show. So, I mean, I think we're correct in assuming he's really a goose. But, like, it was just, it was fun. It had fun with the genre of the secret agent thing in general. And it was, yeah, this, I mean, and we haven't even gotten to the big thing yet, but just out of these three, I would have to say this is my favorite episode for season three so far of the first three episodes, hands down. I wholeheartedly agree. And definitely to add on to finish off with this segment, the character designs in this episode were just great because not only it was like the, Odd job parody goose guy looked really cool. I also really liked the cardinal character who was part of the game. It's just like a lot of colorful and interesting shaped characters throughout this entire episode. Just made it fun to watch just to see what would happen next. Absolutely. And, um, you know, Matt, I did the intro for this and I've, you know, kind of been gushing. Do you want to finally, you know, tell us uh, who uh, we had a fun little fun little cameo with? Maybe maybe heard a theme song from? Huh? Yeah. What do you want to tell us? A very fun, tiny, tiny, tiny little cameo of none other than the Rescue Rangers. Ch-ch-ch-chip and Dale. Rescue Rangers. Ch-ch-ch-chip and Dale. Rescue Rangers. But please don't sue us. Yeah, copyright. No, I'm not going to keep going. I'm a terrible singer. But yeah, no, we got a really interesting origin behind the Rescue Rangers. And I thought it was really fascinating that because I haven't really watched much episodes of the original show run, but I do understand that the rodents, obviously, they're not like Mickey Mouse size. They're like actual rodent size. And you got like the cats, lizards and all that that are kind of like the ducktail size characters in a way. But all that aside, you can correct me later on that. I'm going to. Uh, obviously, yeah, please do. But it was interesting to see that the main plot with the intelligent ray is actually kind of deeming the origin of where these rodents came from, of why they're so smart and what have you. And I, I thought that was a really cool way to bring their origins. Now, before I hand the reins back over to you, Mark, I was kind of humoring the idea that we actually didn't get any dialogue from them per se, but I do speculate that if we're going to get like a Rescue Rangers spinoff show or like a mini series or something, I'm quite curious to see because it kind of played a big role in the overall plot of this episode that I wonder if we're going to get like a series where we're going to see everything in their perspective, mainly have their own little adventures, but some of those adventures might overlap into some of the DuckTales adventures that will kind of see what they're thinking, what they're saying, while Scrooge and the others are kind of doing their own thing. Because again, we didn't really get any dialogue from them and it'd be kind of cool narratively speaking to kind of explore something like that because i don't really think in the last three seasons ducktales has done something like that aside from maybe that one episode where the brothers split off to kind of have their own adventures only to come back to resolve everything by mixing together their appreciation for each other but as a whole series narrative spinoff this is what i'm quite curious if they're going to go with it would be very fun if they did that i was just even thinking of you know just how fun it would be even if they didn't do that just you know things would be going we'd have the episodes as you know they are but every now and again we just saw them in the background doing something not even necessarily interacting with the plot but like just you know they're doing their little rescue thing in the background if you you know not even drawing attention to it just you know fun easter egg almost if you will 
And yeah, no, this, I think it's especially because we had, well, I had, I should say, my preconceived notions and ideas of how some of these legacy characters would be introduced in this season. And I remember kind of being disappointed with Goofy, but also very happy that he wasn't a dream, or not a dream, a, a the part of the wish. He's real in the universe. So I, I've been prepared thanks to that episode. And I really liked this origin story a lot. Again, when the theme song starts playing and, you know, they build the little ship and everything, it's just loads of fun. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just, just uh, i'm at a loss for words because i just i watched a cartoon i had fun watching a cartoon and that's just great and you get nostalgic once you hear that like early 90s beat going on to lead up to the main theme which by the way, I thought I heard speaking in the background, but I don't think it was a song lyrics. And I do wonder, was that the rodents talking? It was. And I actually thought that too, kind of when they were walking in through the little hole in the cell. And it was, I was just like, oh my God, are they just, and they didn't quite, it was them doing little like squeaky, squeaky noises and stuff. But uh, who knows, for all we know, it actually was, you know, someone either singing the song or whatever, and they just audio mixed it. So it sounded kind of like squeaking, but still melodically had the theme song to it. Or maybe it's just all in our heads because I'm thinking of the theme song right now. But to kind of step back, but at the same time reinforce what I'm saying, I did say that the Rescue Rangers didn't really speak or have any major dialogue. Now, if that was them talking in the background, later to be revealed in their own like spinoff or episode or whatever, they still didn't talk. So it'll be interesting to see who they cast to play these characters. But I do believe I did hear the quote unquote original voices of Chip and Dale because I think I heard them laughing or something. Probably. I, I don't have the cast list in front of me. The episode literally just aired not too long ago, so I don't think the information is readily available. But considering Goofy, you know, was still voiced by Bill Farmer, I would have to imagine Chip and Dale would probably get the same treatment. And the last thing I'll say about the Rescue Rangers before I hand it back to Mark to either give his opinion or wrap up on this review is I did also find it interesting that the introduction to the events of the Intelligent Ray was shown on Gadget becoming intelligent, which makes sense. She's like the tinkerer. She makes all this stuff in the original run show and when at the very end of the episode when launchpad needed help yes the rescue rangers came in but he thanked gadget primarily and she's the one that acknowledged him in a wink gesture so i'm quite curious to see if they're gonna try to make uh, more focus on gadget in the spinoff or that's just a passing thing i don't know i have no objection to it i'm just saying i found that to be interesting that she is the forefront and not chip and dale hmm well, I could easily see if they hadn't gone with Chip and Dale that then, you know, Gadget and the others would kind of get overshadowed by that a little bit. I think so too, but I also want to ask you, Mark, do you think this might be part of the whole like Mickey Mouse thing? I'm not saying it's the same thing, but maybe there's like a certain thing about how Disney characters, especially like Mickey and his friends are depicted in certain situations that they're not quite ready to be depicted like that, Chippendale, or, or maybe this is just another angle we'll have to figure out later. I'd have to imagine this isn't a Mickey Mouse situation because I mean, both them and Goofy literally had their own cartoon shows. Like I think for those characters, the 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 you know Disney can't go back to the way they had been before when they first got into TV and anima- animation. We're just like, oh no 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 no, our our legacy characters are too good for television. I, I do think it was kind of just to you know not have Chip and Dale themselves be the main focus. And the gadget you know is actually a very popular character as as you know for maybe not a lot of people understand but like she has her own ride in Disneyland. Oh wow, really? Yeah, it's it's not great. It's in Toontown. It's Gadget's Go Coaster. If you're not like a little kid, it's actually very uncomfortable to ride, but yeah, no. Like and um 
don't 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 Google gadget on you know the internet. Not now. <laughs> no. uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. That's all I'll say. Believe me, I know. You don't want to go there, folks. Trust me. A very popular and beloved character. So maybe, you know, just our time to get a little bit in the sh- uh, spotlight. And I'm happy. I'm, I, I I wish we actually had a little more of Monterey Jack, honestly. I was just thinking that, yeah. That would have required Jim Cummings. And, you know, since it wasn't a speaking cameo at the very least yet. And I, I don't know if he'd be recast or not. Kind of like how Ponchito and Jose were. But despite being uh, quote unquote legacy characters. But yeah, no, I. I'm, again, lost for words. But since I'm at a loss for words, we'll wrap this up. But folks, tune in next week when we'll be reviewing the next episode for this season, The Lost Harp of Mirvana. Ooh, ooh, I'm quite curious about that. Anyway, folks, you heard our opinion, but now we want to hear yours. Let us know in the comment section below. Did you like this episode, DuckTales Season 3, Episode 3? Mark, what's the title? <laughs> There's a lot of threes there. Double O Duck in. You only crash twice. Yeah, it's a lot of numbers. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Share your thoughts. Join the conversation. And hey, be sure to like, subscribe, ring that bell to be notified when new videos drop. If you want to support me directly, please go to my Patreon or you can do a one-time donation and support me at my Streamlabs. Links are in the description below. This is Matt Sella. And this is Mark requesting as a public service announcement. If you or someone you love knows of a children's play facility that secretly operates as an evil lair, report it to the authorities and then a second authority because those authorities might be being paid by the evil organization. The more you know. And that's quite a public service announcement. Thanking you all for tuning in.